0: Come and for come. For, for, for products of your imagination you burst through the door you find a small room filled with golden jewels and a red dragon for, for products of your imagination and a red dragon and a red dra- 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 dragon products of your imagination Save or Die! Uh, yeah. Raise them up, raise, raise them up, zombies all around me, I be hacking them all up, I be hacking them all up, I be hacking them all up, there's zombies all around me, I be hacking them all up.
1: Welcome to the Save or Die podcast, a podcast about classical dungeons and dragons.
2: save or die adventure number 59 and I got it right this time <laughs>
0: just looking forward to our recording over your voice
2: <laughs> <laughs> we could do it again which, anyway which still nobody's mentioned isn't that weird
0: anyway we're that this,
2: uh, good huh? we're that good or people aren't listening to the front I don't know <laughs> we have had some criticisms about the front of our episodes so who knows oh really yeah, yeah. The 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 uh what we've been doing has been kinda lame.
0: Yeah, well but, Yeah, that that criticism starts with a V and ends with an ints, so
2: No, he hasn't been the only one.
1: Okay. Yeah, there have been a couple of other people who, you know, say it's either it's boring or None of us do enough in basic to make it worthwhile for us to talk about what we're doing in basic, and I know I personally am really bad about that because Mike does a lot more outside reading about gaming stuff than I do, especially when we're you know at school and stuff. So
2: oh, you're in the middle of graphic graphic artists. Okay, okay. Let me <laughs> nip, let so. me nip this in the bud right now. Oh,
1: People. come on.
0: <laughs> People out there, listen to me. We do this section because we like to get to know you and like to know us as people. We like to do it. We give you gaming, what we've been doing in gaming, period. It may not be basic, but we're going to try and make it basic, okay? So back off. Okay, let's go.
2: That opinion was brought to you by the creepy old guy <laughs> of <David Eye> Podcast. <laughs> and speaking of which, because I've actually got some stuff to talk about that's basic related, uh-huh. at Good least in, to a degree. And this kind of applies to Liz as well, because we both got the stuff. Most uh, importantly, we got a copy of Dr. J. Eric Holmes' book, Fantasy Role-Playing Games, that was published in 1981.
0: And imagine my shock but I found out that I actually own the book at one time.
2: Whoa. Surprise. Surprise. It's kind of pricey. We were lucky to find it for only 20-something bucks, mm. and we managed to grab it on Amazon, and I have not had a chance to scan it yet and read it, but... Um, yeah, we
1: just I, got it the other day.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's. Uh, I've heard he even puts in a very simple fantasy role-playing game in there. He does. It's got a chapter on Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. So it's – I'm looking forward to it. Now, that's the good stuff. The bad stuff, as people listening know, I've been reading Imagine Magazine, and I'm way behind on it. I expect it to be a lot further, further than I am. Further. <laughs> further. Maybe that's I made a word. That's right. Yeah. Anyway. Imagine number three had an article called "Basic and Advanced D anD D," and it allegedly was an article to talk about the two, note the differences, and the advantages and disadvantages of each. It was written by Noel Williams in episode in issue number three. Okay. I thought this was going to be great, and I read it, and I was very disappointed. Really? Basically, it ended up being a. This is basic, which is okay, I guess, but you really need to go to advanced because advanced is more comprehensive. Advanced is cool. Advanced, advanced, advanced.
0: So even with our friends across the pond, we have people pushing advanced over basic.
2: Right. Mm. Now, granted, it was 1983 and TSR was in financial trouble these guys worked for TSR but still it was irritating because their rationale for it or Mr. Williams's was seemed to be one basic was harder than advanced because it didn't have rules for everything <laughs> and it's, e- it's a lot easier because it doesn't have rules for
0: everything uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. run that by me again
2: So, which is it? (laughs) One point of the article, he's saying that basic is easy to start with because it doesn't have a lot of rules. Right. And later in the article, he is saying basic is harder. I'll assume he meant for the DM Uh because it didn't have as many rules as advanced, so you had to make up stuff on the fly. And that's a bad thing, right? Apparently, according to him, it was.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh huh. So, basic is simultaneously both easier and harder. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Sure. What? And even if he had specified DM, I might have let that slide. But even still, it's like, wait. The whole thing was just. By advanced. Basic is okay to start off with, but you really need to play advanced, 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 advanced. advanced. Exactly. And the whole implied basic is for new people or kids, mm-hmm. which I always find very irritating. Now, was it in Imagine,
0: or was it in the, the fantasy role-playing book where Dr. Holmes was grumping about uh, BX?
2: That was in Dragon Magazine.
0: Dragon, okay.
2: um, we i I don't remember that. the exact issue number, but it was the one where... It was in 1981 because it was when Moldvay Basic first came out and uh-huh. basically replaced Holmes Basic. Right. And each one of them did a, I think, like a page article talking about the idea of Basic D&D. And I seem to recall that Holmes was a little grumpy about it because he didn't necessarily see why there was a reason to do another edition.
0: Right. Uh, the, yeah, he didn't see why there was a reason to do another edition
2: that he didn't write. Well, that may have been part of it. I don't. Re- it's been a while since I've read it. I don't recall. I do know that at the time, none of us knew. But now, looking back, we know that it was as much of a legal thing. Yeah, because there was the whole Dave Arneson lawsuit of TSR. Da 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 da. Right.
0: So we got to keep this going just to keep the lawyers happy.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Basically, they had to. TSR had to prove that no, we weren't relegating D and D to basically. Basic, yeah. and the whole idea was that everyone was supposed to go to advanced. The then it was good. See, we're we're running D and D as a as a as a uh, parallel product. Right. We're not trying to replace it. It's got its own thing going. Yeah. And of course Holmes had all those references to it going to AD
0: and D. Which I understand he did not. He he was not the one to put those in there. No. So. Yeah, it, it, I think he, to me it was grumping about the fact that he could have done the rewrite and got all that stuff out of there, which he didn't want in the first place. All that AD and D reference stuff. And I'd maybe, have to, I'd have to read it again. And maybe I, take it up to like twelfth level or something instead of third.
2: Well, possibly. Yeah,
0: but that's just that's that's Monday morning
2: quarterbacking. So right for for both of us. So what have you been doing? Who me? Since you're actually in a classic D and D game,
0: well, I didn't play it this week, but uh, well, we we play every other week. Ah. So uh, yeah, we had a good game. I just finished a, a two week Skype game with Brian, um, me and Full on running around in uh, in uh, Horror on the Hill, which he converted over. So we're down there in the the bowels and fighting. We hey Liz. Yes. We, we just went into a big old cave room and killed 3 giant centipedes.
1: Woohoo.
0: One of them had a little collar that said, with a bow, said, for Liz on it. <laughs> you're kidding. Yes, I am kidding. <laughs>
1: you can keep that gift.
0: Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> Your name came up more than once there. So what are you, Liz? You're, no, no, I'm just trying to kill the damn thing. Yeah. Um, but, no,
1: you'd, you'd be Liz if it killed you.
0: That's <laughs> Yeah that's true Or and at least also, paralyzed you and also a few days ago i had a uh, a not a traumatic experience but a, i went into half price books and they had cook marsh box set in there and it was 1999 i didn't have the money what broke my heart was it was see- it was plasticed up it was sealed up not originally, you know, not shrink wrap, but I mean, you know how they wrap it up. And I picked it up, and I shook it, and I heard dice.
1: what the box look like? I mean, what was the condition of the box?
0: Uh, so the condition of the box was good. Hmm. Not all that tore up or anything like that, but, damn it, it's like, it's, got, so it's even got the dice in there.
1: Yeah, you got a good-looking box, and there's dice in there, too.
0: Yeah. <sighs> and I had to walk away.
1: So, well, it's nearly the end of the month. You know, do you guys get paid at the beginning of the month? You might try going back, Just maybe, pay. fingers crossed.
2: <laughs> so you couldn't party like it was nineteen no. ninety nine. 1999. No. Uh. Uh, but, uh,
0: you know, I mean, you know, I had to walk away. away half price books has been good to me. I've found a lot of stuff. By the time I got to the car, I said, no, damn it, I want that box. <laughs> So I'm probably going to see you tomorrow or Tuesday and see if it's still there. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And um, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Other than doing some artwork for Thorkey, that's about it. Okay. He's putting out a Mazes and Perils adventure. Woo Do artwork for it. Oh, sweet. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, come across the green pal. I'll do anything you want. You know,
2: <laughs>
0: except that weird stuff.
2: Anyway, well yeah. Liz, do we have any emails? Yes.
1: Uh, yes, we do have emails. Oh good. We have four emails, as a matter of fact. Uh-huh. And our first one is from Alistair
2: Scarlet. I love also- that name. That's, I know. That's a that's a fake name. Come on. That's an awesome name. That yeah, Captain Alistair Scarlet and the Warriors of Tomorrow. Oh.
0: Well, then again, there's an actor in Plan Nine called Dudley Manlove. And if you thank you that that no well no that you look him up on IMDb and yes
2: he was born Dudley Manlove. Well, the guy who uh, wrote Castle Caldwell. well. Harry Knuckles. I still, I don't know why I never caught.
0: I, that's me being too nice. Anyway. I was pronouncing knuckles. Anyways. So well, I tried to give the benefit of the doubt. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Anyway, Alistair, who people may know as Naylan on Dragon's Foot, <laughs> says, Hi there. I'm sure someone has already answered this. But I reckon the module that Glenn was referring to with the Mad King who banished the dwarves is X-3, the Curse of Xanathon.
0: Thank you. We reviewed that, too.
1: (laughs) It's actually the Duke of Runa who is being controlled by Xanathon, but he does indeed banish the dwarves. Uh Uh-huh. I also wanted to comment on the reference to Vince's method of placing the same encounter in whatever place the party ends up going to, so that they still end up doing what he wants and has prepared.
0: Here we go again.
1: This is the way I work as a DM to an extent. The party will never know that they would have met the band of orc bandits whichever turning they took. All they see is the progressing narrative of their adventure. In other news, I couldn't help getting a bit excited by DM Mike's mention of a PDF of Imagine Magazine. I appreciate that sharing copyrighted material is a bit of a shady area, but is there any way I could get hold of a copy? (laughs) <laughs> Keep up the good work as always, and I've noticed that the sound quality has improved over recent weeks. Thank you. Cheers, Alistair.
0: Well, and now that he's said that, this yeah, this, this will
1: this be a, a crappy helpful. sound. Oh, <laughs>
0: uh, Alistair, thank you for the email, and thank you for asking for Imagine Magazine. But no, no, in any way, shape, or form can we give you Imagine Magazine, take us sandwich email. Well,
2: certainly, uh, but, not, <laughs> not as one PDF. No.
0: <laughs> no, we, we couldn't that do
2: that. Be? Yeah.
0: I would I would never, you know, tell you to send me an email asking for it. I would never do that. No, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Wink, wink.
1: Yes. Do not send an email to Glenn.
0: Yes. To SmokesacJones at gmail.com. You don't want to send it there. Remember that. smokesackjones at gmail.com. <laughs> sorry, sorry. One more time. One more time. <laughs> Brought to you by... Uh, <laughs> Smokesack.com. And, th- and thank you for the, uh, yeah. the... Thanks
2: for the email. Yes. And we we will talk to you. And you know... Oh, am sorry. sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say the Vince thing. Thank you. That's the That was the whole idea for switching them around like that. They're not supposed to know. They're just supposed to enjoy the game. Right? If it works for you. Right. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: All righty. Our next email is from Matthew E. And he says, I noticed one of you guys were talking about random charts. I love me some random charts, but I noticed you mentioned the Ultimate Toolbox. I didn't catch the other book referenced. What was it?
0: Tome of Adventure Design by Frog God Games.
2: I was going to say, was it Toad you were talking about?
0: Yeah, yeah Toad. I, I bet it was. That's that's the acronym, Toad. toad or it's yeah. Tome of Adventure Design.
2: And I'm sure that Frog God Games did not sit around trying to come up with an acronym that spelled Oh, toad. yes, they did.
0: <laughs> I talked to them at North Texas RPG Con. They said they sat up trying to figure out how to <laughs> come up with something that had to do with a frog. Frog or toad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, at
1: least
2: it wasn't Sticky Tongue as their acronym.
1: Yes. Well. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for your email, Matthew, and I hope we were able to answer your question. And, and go to Frog God that, Games.
2: Yeah, and ignore the whole sticky tongue thing. I'm almost certain they would never make that an acronym product. I'm sorry. I'm sorry,
0: Liz. He comes on our show. He comes back like this. You know, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: He comes with his old hammer. He gets corrupted.
1: I'm blaming that. you guys. I just want you to know. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> we didn't say anything anyway. bad about kobolds. We really didn't.
1: Not yet. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Our third email is from Rust. Hey, Rust.
0: Never
2: sleeps. Hi.
1: And he writes, greeting OSR knots. I'm not sure what that means. I
2: don't know. Anyway. I think it's like Argonauts, you
1: know.
2: Hmm. don't know. Yeah. It might go downhill from here. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) He writes, Mike was right. Orgies Incorporated is an in issue number 10 of Dragon Magazine.
2: I'm not insane. I'm not. Yes, you are.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> you just happen to be correct and insane.
0: Oh, okay. It's his Kama Sutra. Anyway, go ahead.
1: Um, he continues, I find Dragon Magazine interesting for the look into the past of role-playing. The old pics and advertisements are mind-blowing sometimes. The content inside is just as informative as any web forum that I tend to browse over.
2: That's though I, for sure.
1: <laughs> though I tend to actually read the Dragon magazines from start to finish. Last email, Mike was wondering if you could substitute different things into the feast. A giant salmon sounds great and lets the chance to get attacked by a giant bear feasible. <laughs> There's no real reason to block substitutions, but my main reason to use those food items was to make players see a reason to go and talk to local farmers and vendors. It fleshes out a kingdom to include farmlands and small villages nearby. But when the party just rides by them and heads straight to ye old Walmart every time, it gets old. So I started thinking of roleplay bait, free lodging for helping an innkeeper chop wood. Help the farmer with field work to get a meal and the location of a secret forgotten path through the forest of death. Stuff that helps out the party, but will only be found by curiosity and role-playing. And to finish off the email, a wonderful little trap. XP. How
2: convenient.
1: Yes. XP Bean Soup. One gold for a bowl of beans and bread. When a player says, I sit down and start eating... Describe to them that the beans are fabulously tasty, and give a deep, penetrating warmth to their spirit, gaining 50 XP. This will lead the rest of the party to jump at the chance of free XP. Allow a second bowl of XP beans to be served for another 50 XP, but upon thirds the pot will be empty. Of course, the party will be happy and settle down for the night at the inn. This sets up the bandit attack later that night. Lots of shouting and yelling will wake the party. When the party is trying to sneak up on the bandits, make a roll against Constitution, failing the roll will result in a very loud and fragrant report. (laughs) Sincerely, Rust.
2: And if there's open flame in the... Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. It's a fireball. Spell. <laughs> the bandits obviously have a magic user.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I have 18 constitution. I could clamp that thing tighter than a tick.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, thank you for that. Um yes,
1: that's lovely. <laughs>
2: Hey! To, yeah, right. I find that a, a little ironic because it's usually my bad jokes in the two E game that causes me to lose fifty XP points.
1: Ooh. Yes, but you want to lose the XP, so it's still a well, bit for you.
2: Yeah, okay. And Mike,
0: it's all in the delivery too. Oh, well, take it. Take it from me.
2: <laughs> Thanks for that, Rust. Hey Rust. An olfactorily interesting addition yeah. to a game. Yes. <laughs> what else we got?
1: Okay. Our final email is from VicShade. And we actually received several emails from Vic Shade, but we're only going to include one of them in this episode. We're going to have to do another email episode just to get through all of our backlog of emails. So
2: and, don't vo- worry- and voice calls.
1: <laughs> and so don't worry, Vic Shade. we have not forgotten you. Stay tuned for your further emails in upcoming episodes of Save or Die. <laughs> anyway, Vic Shade writes, I agree that dragons are too powerful for starting heroes to bash on, except for baby whites. But could you imagine buying a rule set for a game called Dungeons and & Dragons and then finding out that you don't have any rules for dragons?
2: Yeah, Dungeons & Kobolds doesn't quite do it. Says you. Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, <laughs>
2: <Thank> you, <Eric. laughs> he
1: continues <laughs> the role play aspect, or even the get this and then do this and, sl- and slay the dragon plot. Also, once you hit late second level into third, you can take on small blacks and greens. I've done it with the Dragon's Lair adventures. They came in a box. Well, mine didn't. <laughs>
0: dragon slayer adventures
2: yeah i'm not familiar with those
0: did don bluth write those or what <laughs> <laughs> anyway does he go on
1: uh no that is the end that of is it email. well
2: thanks for the email thank, you might thank you write in and let us know what you mean by the dragon slayer yeah, adventures I, how does um, how does he find time to write these
0: emails Vic slate it sounds like he's a private eye
2: Yeah, that's a pretty cool name too.
0: Vic Vic role playing (laughs) partner.
2: Vic Shade. Shade. He's a shade. He's undead. The doppelganger came into. He's also AD and D. So the doppelganger
0: (laughs) came into my office. She was all curves, so we stopped to move. She said, "Okay." Anyway, sorry. (laughs) My inner monologue got got away from me. (laughs) Save that for the lumpers. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, (laughs) thank you, folks. And you can email us at... podcast
2: at gmail.com. Yes. And now...
1: Your email's coming.
2: Yep. And this episode, we were talking about the timing of Rust's comment, because this episode is about traps. Yay. That's a trap.
0: It's a trap, and we're going to talk about it. Yep. And
2: and, uh, where are we going first? Game on? Going to game on. Okay, game on. Game on. Game on. Game on. This is for us taking a look at how we deal with traps as players. And we'll start for once with Liz.
1: Oh, thank you.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Go ahead.
1: Okay. So, what are we starting out with? How Basically. I how I would check for traps if I was playing? Or yeah. What?
2: Do you, assuming you didn't have a DM who just said roll the dice and go. Mm-hmm. How would you? What is there anything you've done as a player character to that's a stock checking for traps? Um like
1: well normally i just on the occasions i play a thief usually i concentrate mainly on doors and locked chests um i don't usually spend a lot of time you know checking for say pit traps in the floors or stuff like that unless i'm in a location which is either rumored to be heavily trapped or it's already proven itself to be because we've run into some things and it's kind of obvious at this point, this entire place is dangerous. I'm going to look at everything. Um, So, yeah, normally I just, you know, go with checking for doors and checking for traps and locked chests. That's
2: my standard. Yeah, back in the day, I I don't know how many DMs do it nowadays, but, you know, back in the late 70s, yeah, even if you were a thief class and had the die roll, they wouldn't just say, you know, roll the dice. Did you find a trap or not? My DMs anyway, tended to want to know, okay, what are you looking at? What are you looking for? And then you got the roll. It wasn't just, I check the door for traps. It's like, well, what exactly are you looking for? I'm looking at the lock. I'm looking at the hinges. If you're going down a pathway, like in our 2 e game, we're driving livestock before us for the pit traps. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And it was pretty standard. Like you said, we would check doorways, not just the door itself, but the door jam. And that's something a lot of the people got in trouble with because they would check the door. There's no trap. They would open it and walk in. And the trap was right there on the other side. You know, there was a pit right in front of the doorway. And then it's like, well, but we didn't find... Well, of course you didn't, because you looked at the door and the door jam. It was right there in the doorway. You didn't check it. I understand that. In fact, I recall... And when I was running a game... um, Remember uh, Ollie's character, the thief? Yeah. You could not... No, you don't. Oh, you weren't there.
0: So I was thinking of Chase's.
2: No, no. This is Ollie. Oh, okay. uh, Another friend. Yeah, he, his, he was running a thief, and he went down every 10 feet. He combed the passageway for a trap. No trap. No trap. No trap. No trap. No trap. Get to a door. No traps. So he wa- opens the door, walks in. Everybody walks in. And they hit a pressure plate, which drops a big granite block in front of the doorway. Uh-huh. Now, it doesn't hit anybody, but right. they're now trapped in the room. Right. And he was pissed at me. He was like, Well, I checked. I was like, No, you checked the outside. You didn't check the inside. But my role! He, well, that's nice, but the role isn't everything.
0: Yeah, it's for
2: this situation. This is a different situation. Yeah. Yeah. So what about you, Glenn? You ever been in that kind of situation as a player? You know, it's funny because I, I don't remember all that many traps when we were playing.
0: Um, I didn't run very many of them. In fact, this basic game I'm playing in now is the first time we actually had a thief use a 10-foot pole.
2: Ah, yeah, the ubiquitous 10-foot pole test ahead of the way. I've heard people, you know,
0: joke about it and things like that, but I've never seen anybody use it until he came along. And it's like, you know, it's a nice idea, but Mm -hmm. I hate to have to carry it with me all the time unless it was collapsible.
1: Yeah. See, when I played a mage and I had a a staff... Uh-huh. You know, I would use my staff in this way that you might ordinarily use a ten foot pole, especially if we came across any things for standing water or whatever. You know, I'd poke stuff with my staff instead of get down and touch it myself.
0: Also, yeah. we, used to, we used to roll the traps. The player used to do it in front of everybody. Um, in my basic game, it's like mm-hmm. no, no, DM's doing it behind the screen.
2: Yeah, I mean, originally that was how it was supposed to be, the DM rolled the the fine traps roll.
0: If I and had a dollar for every time I heard the DM, the DM say, well, it looks okay to you.
2: Yeah. You, know. you are certain there are no traps there. That's right. Or you the are inevitable. certain. Yeah, what? Yeah, or the inevitable, nothing apparently happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a fun one.
0: Yeah, yeah you, are, you are very sure that there is no traps here. So when there is a trap, everybody can blame you.
2: <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Liz, what would you say the worst trap you've run into as a player? Oh, um, well, this is—I
1: guess this would be the worst trap because I didn't get out of it. Uh-huh. But one of our one of the games that we played. Um, our friend Kevin, who, you know, I don't think he's on OSR gaming, but he's on Dragon's Foot and some other stuff. Occasionally, he'll show he's up. He's
2: been to North Texas RPG Con a couple of times too. Right.
1: But anyway, um, actually, Kevin played with us. Um, well, you weren't in that game, though, Glenn. That was the the Jeff D and V oh, game. That's right. That yeah. you didn't get oh, the to first, get the, first, the
0: first one yeah okay
1: yeah the first one okay but um anyway Kevin was running this game and a lot of our party had already died and I think my mage was one of the last ones still alive and I'm trying to get out of this place and I get trapped inside a chamber that didn't have, you know, there were no entrances or exits. It was a solid stone chamber, no doors, nothing. And she didn't have her spell book with her, and she didn't have enough magic left to be able to cast, say, a passwall to get out of it, which was the only way she would have been able to get out. So she basically just wound up being trapped in there and eventually starving to death. What a way to so go. that was my that was the worst trap because I was not able to get away from it. But mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't really you know intricate or anything. You know, you're just magically trapped in a room with no entrances or exits, and you have no magic to get out of it. So if I mm-hmm. had had it, it wouldn't have been much of a problem.
2: Okay. What about you, Glenn?
0: Uh, you know, the one trap I really I remember has nothing. First of all. We never figured it out. And second of all, it's one of those things where the GM tries to be too clever. And he sets up a trap, and then nobody can get it. And he has the gall to sit there after 15 minutes of us trying to figure out how to get. It was a puzzle trap. Ah. out of a room and he, he spent 15 minutes trying to figure out this puzzle it was like a, sh- a wooden shelf with rods so sticking holes and things like that we spent 15 minutes and then he had the you know time. it was time to end the game and he had the gall to say I don't know why you guys couldn't get it it's really <laughs> like, I did not only not get it but I don't think I'm going to be back to your game either
2: yeah yeah that's a that's a great way to keep players. I, you guys are stupid. I can't I, see
0: what's wrong I with you. Found out how the damn thing was supposed to work. He never told me. Yeah. You no, know, it's like you're a good friend, right? Okay, as a friend, this sucks.
2: <laughs> no. Well, as a player, I'd probably say the worst trap for me was this was back when we were playing Brown Book and and there was a lot of fast and loose use of illusion. Right our dm interpreted his hl if you're listening (laughs) um his interpretation was that illusions if you fail your ability to disbelieve yeah they work as reality not just that you believe they work they really work hmm. so there was a trap he had set up he would open a door there's a 30-by-30-foot room, and right in the center, it's a chest. Uh Sneak around. He rolls for our believe, and we get to the chest. We check it for traps. Slowly open it, and inside is a note. We pick up the note and read it, and it says, The floor is an illusion. Because as soon as you realize that it's an illusion it disappears.
0: Ah, but do you believe that note?
2: Well, because you have that, it requires another belief note. And (laughs) that one, it disappears. And we all go, ah!
0: I could have swore that the player had agency in whether you don't believe something's an illusion or
2: not. Well, in the Brown Book period, there was nothing that said that. Okay. It was up to DMs to handle how how um, illusions were believed or not. Uh-huh. Which is why in, in the original Brown book, illusionists are actually more powerful than they were subsequently in AD&D. Okay. That kind of sucks, too. Yeah, well, it, it know, sucked, but at the same time, I found I, we thought it was a little amusing, you know. Like, it was.
0: It w- ah! That is a good trap, though, that, you know, if you're going to play that by those kind of rules, and I can understand that if, you, if you're if you taking damage from an illusionary creature, you're going to think you're really hurt. But I, apparently, it, under his thinking, even when you find out it's not an illusion and it goes away, you still have the damage.
2: And True. speaking on that, a, another trap that Liz and I ran into in North Texas pond in Dennis the Stars game... Oh, nice. ...was there was a... We were trapped in a room, the door closed, and had a wizard lock on it. Ah. Uh-huh. Now, we obviously... How do you get that open? A knock spell. That's right. Well, the way knock is described, it basically opens anything magically held. Okay. The ceiling was full of rock and boulders, which were magically held there. So when we cast knock on the door, it's it's an area. Oh, yeah,
1: it's a it's a range spell, it's 60 foot range.
2: Oh, I didn't so, know. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, this was OD and D Swords and Wizardry too. Yeah. Okay. And. It was an area effect, so crunch.
0: Yeah. You better make that dex check and make it real good, <laughs> or yep. your save. <laughs> I give, Actually, i give them two at that point. I, I I do the dex first, and then that they didn't do that. Then you get the save, and maybe you'll get out with half. Mm.
2: I see, to me, I, I just give the save. Really? Because well, that's what the save is supposed to be. The, right. In which case, in this circumstance, the save translates as using their dexterity to try to leap away. All right. Well, okay. But anyway, uh, anyway, have y'all ever been in a game where PCs have been able to set traps?
0: No, I haven't. You know? Because we never... Th- uh, I take that back. We were all in a game. Remember the trolls?
1: That's
0: true. The kid, the siege with the trolls—we were setting traps like crazy. Very true. Out in the woods, digging, digging pits, putting uh, like oil down there so we can zap it with fire finger or fireballs or something like that, and mm-hmm. acid
2: rain and all this other stuff. We we were like we were trap city. <laughs> of course, we were expecting an army of trolls too.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, we've all done mm-hmm. it. But have you guys done it individually? Well,
2: beyond that, have yeah, you done? So I mean,
0: that's what I mean. No, Liz.
1: Um, again, in Chase's game, you know, I'm playing a thief right now who has the ability to set snares, and after buying a snare kit, I was able to set snares.
2: <laughs> I still find it hard to believe that a snare kit, which is supposed to catch small game, uh-huh. caught a cave bear. <laughs>
0: What did, you, what did you do? Go up to, like, a, an Aurora's outlet and say, I want the biggest one you got?
2: No.
1: I just I, got what a I, snare was kit. assumed to be a standard snare kit for catching small game, that kind of thing. And okay. uh, I had put it at the perimeter of our of our campsite, um, like maybe, you know, 20, 30 feet away, somewhere out there. Um Hoping maybe could catch a a rabbit or you know something, something small size that we'd be able to supplement our rations with. And instead of catching a rabbit, I apparently managed to capture a cave bear. Although capture is a bit strong
2: of a word because
1: it didn't stop it; it just kind of pissed it off.
2: (laughs) And charged, of course, right into our camp. Yeah, this is this is why you use bear traps. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I
2: didn't want a bear.
1: <laughs> I'm not looking to get
2: a bear. Yeah, she never wanted a bear. She wanted like a rabbit or something. Yeah, but boy, would he hit the end of that chain. Sorry, never mind. <laughs> the, the, something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I've played in a couple of games where they've let you set up like twine and bells. Mm -hmm. Where if you're, like, taking a, you know, you've cleared off a section of the dungeon and you're resting there to refit and everything, you can set those up. Right. Um, Usually been off-the-cuff type rules. Okay. Basically, you know, another remove trap kind of role. And, you know, if that's what it is to remove trap, it's the same thing to set a trap. I never thought of that. Well, it's that's how the DM I had called
0: it. Well, no, that's that's a good. Th- I'm saying that's a good thing.
2: But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, of course, then of course they they well you've got to have the equipment to do it and such and all that.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, you, you, you do Aurora's or you go to the general store and you know if you there are mm. I, know I know there's players out there who do think ahead like that.
2: Yeah. But, you know. but, yeah, it's it's a, a potential use for a thief that I don't think gets used very often. True.
0: And you can't think of everything. I mean, not unless your name is Bruce Wayne or MacGyver. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than, like, maybe, I don't know, digging a pit for a
2: Burmese tiger trap or something. That's about the yeah. extent of it. And that's kind of hard in a dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. You no. Know, unless there's already a pit there and you just cover it up. Yeah, catching these damn kobolds. <laughs> Crunch all you
0: want. Oh, watch it! Yeah, you need <laughs> uh, black kobolds uh, alone. Precious kobolds. That's why we carry black flag. Uh,
2: so- okay. <laughs> well, let's look at. Now let's take a look at it from the DM side of the screen. Okay. In DM Fiat. Nope. Sorry.
0: What? what? Nope. You're wrong. Look it up. I don't have to look it up. It's common knowledge. Nope.
2: No! 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 DM DM Fiat. Now, as DMs. Let's think about it. How often do you use traps when you're making adventures?
1: Liz. <laughs> okay. Um, I got to say, I don't use traps very often. Um, mostly because if you, I believe anyway, this is my opinion, if you use them a lot, then your players get into the habit of spending half their time checking for them. You know, Like Ollie, checking every 10 feet for a <laughs> floor pit or something. And you know, <laughs> gameplay drags. It's no fun for anybody. Uh-huh. So my my stance is use them rarely. So then they genuinely do take players by surprise when they encounter them.
0: Okay, makes sense.
2: Yeah, you got to be judicious about it. <laughs> when you do use traps, do you use lethal ones, incapacitating? Or um, just annoying.
1: <laughs> rarely do I use a lethal trap, or it's not meant to be lethal. Obviously, sometimes things you don't work save out. or die. Sometimes I save or die. Okay, but I just said rarely do I specifically look to make a lethal trap, um, especially if I'm running, you know, newly made, you know, players with newly made characters. I almost never use a lethal trap in the first couple of games where someone's just starting out.
2: Crunch be- all you want.
1: Because there is nothing more annoying than having spent time making a character only to have them die from a contact poison 15 minutes into the game.
2: That could be a bummer. Yeah, so. Or I- an object lesson.
1: But nevertheless. Don't
2: touch kidding? anything. Mike, stop being the professor.
1: Nevertheless, for brand new characters that have just been made, I'll usually give a game or two grace before they have to worry about deliberately being killed by me. (laughs) 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 Um, Usually when I do use poisons, I tend to use the ones that don't kill immediately. Uh Um, The... They'll, you'll be incapacitated for a few days, your negative modifiers getting consistently worse until either death or the poison is somehow neutralized. And for low-level characters in homes, you know, it's going to be really difficult to have a neutralized poison on hand. Um, you'll be lucky to have slow poison available to you. And if you're out in the middle of nowhere, you know, your chances may not be that great to get back to civilization before, you know, somebody's character dies right.
2: mm-hmm. so
1: I, I usually do the slow acting poisons when I use them
2: okay. um, How about you, Glenn?
0: Well, to tell you the truth I don't make traps I run traps because I can't remember the last time I actually wrote something of my own and ran it I seem to okay. be running enough. modules that have to have traps in them, and I run them, uh, and I don't save or die. I savor all my dies, actually. But, uh, no, I don't... Keep, keep that out of the show. Please. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, no, I don't do lethal. I do
2: incapacitating or annoying, especially annoying. Um, but So if a module has a savor die one, for example, or a lethal poison, you'll modify it? I would. I okay. would.
0: I want. I want to stretch out the. I want to stretch out the pain as long as I can. <laughs> I'm not one of those guys who, who like a killer DMs. I have a feeling if I was ever a killer DM and everybody died, I'd be like my dad. It's like, oh, I bet you won't do that next time, huh? I'll make a new character.
2: Uh, <laughs> good. He's dead too.
0: <laughs> yeah. You keep learning. See. <laughs> Well, you know, he's, he's
2: one, yeah, I'm learning not to play in your game.
0: He'd <laughs> be one of those whatever kills doesn't kill me makes me stronger type DMs. Ah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, annoying and something that'll like, you know, like whittle them down. That's the whole thing. I, you know, they talk about resource management, this thing and the other. Well, you
2: know, hit points are a resource too. Yeah. And knowing when to fall back and yeah. recover yourself is part exactly. of the and, skills.
0: And if you got traps that are going to ding them, just like nickel and dime them mm-hmm. after a while you know you get nickel and dime like say by say two three traps and then run into like uh oh i don't know umber hulk encounter and by the time that's over you're gonna go look we either need to go back to town or stay here in this empty room spike the doors closed and rest mm-hmm. and do the healing and all that kind of stuff that's what teaches them to, to like you know Plan your attacks, play your fights, and, you know, just take this at a certain pace. Because mm-hmm. you're going to run into more of this. So traps, to me, are useful for that kind of thing. I mean, you know, monsters and stuff, teach them to run away, that's fine. But it's also, there's traps there, too, to make them think. Okay, yeah. you have so many hit points. And this thing, Charlie over here, sitting here with a lame leg now. And Frank's over there with a head injury, and Wanda's over there with her eye out.
2: Hmm. You know. I remember a game I was running with uh, Robert, Liz. Mm -hmm. You may remember it when it was in the bandit uh, setting. And uh, the one who was playing the thief, Rita... You know, she tried to pick a lock on a chest. She didn't do it. Uh-huh. So Robert, playing the fighter, just smashed it in. It's like, oh, okay, you have gold. Come to another chest. Rita tries to pick the lock. It fails. He just smashes it in. Ah, oh, look, more treasure. So he gets the idea he can just do that. And then <laughs> the third one, Brita didn't even get a chance. He just rushes up, smashes it, and there's a gas trap. Yep. It's like, oh, bet you won't do that again. <laughs>
0: Uh, question silver sword they had like two coffins full of jewels the third one exploded yeah Mm. no
2: for being too greedy yep as far as my traps I tend to make the lethality of them dependent on where they are and what their goal is yeah a tomb is gonna tend to have lethal traps at least intentionally lethal now I may say you know Okay, this trap had spikes at the bottom, meant to be lethal, but it's been so long and the spikes have rusted away so that it maybe only does, like, a couple of hit points of damage when it was meant to do D10 or D12.
0: Right.
1: The poison's uh, so old that it's weakened.
2: Right. 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 Yeah, you can always...
0: always... Go ahead. So you could always gimp the traps like that, yeah.
2: Well, yeah, and I won't do all of them that way, but, yeah, I won't make every single lethal. But obviously, that was the intent.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, it has to be at least that there. Creatures who are, who are looking for, who, like, want food, you know, they're uh, yeah. more than often, they're not going to want to poison their meal. So odds are they're not going to use poison. They're going to use something that's going to incapacitate or drop you into a pit a la tiger trap, you know, Yeah, rope tra- you know, a, a noose to grab you and pull you up in the air, that sort of trap. And if you think about
0: this, think about this, most poisons that creatures do have, yeah, they'll kill you, but that's not the actual objective. Think about a giant spider. Bam, you're paralyzed. Then it's going to inject something else into you to kill you and make your insides mush so it can eat it. Right, but it's more just... Oh, by, that the, the, time, but that, by that time, the lethal part has gone away. You're just paralyzed. Because they have to eat too.
2: Well, yeah, and a lot of times they'll paralyze their the victim and then just tie them up in the web to eat for later. Exactly. So, you know, it's not immediately lethal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's a lot of animal poison tends right. to be in that that method of... But traps, yeah, generally... And, and another thing regarding NPCs, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of NPCs you see in modules and other things, they have a chest with a trap on it. Yeah. Like a poison needle trap uh-huh. or something. I find it hard to believe those are going to be lethal, mm-hmm. because unless you're like in an evil society, you're not going to buy lethal poisons on the corner store.
0: Yeah, I could see something more like it uh, gives you an electric shock or something like that.
2: Yeah, and... It's your chest. There may be that one time, oops. Yeah. And you're not going to want that to be a lethal poison. Or a sleep gas. So, a sleep, yeah, a sleep one, yeah. I mean, you, oops, you know, you'll wake up later with a headache, but you will wake up. Yeah. So most NPCs, when I'm designing traps for their homes or their their valuables, I tend to try to make those incapacitating or annoying. And there's one more thing.
0: Uh, this this boils down to my philosophy about dungeons in itself. Um, the traps got to... You you were alluding to this, you were going on with this, but the traps have to make sense. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of traps out there that do not make sense. If you think about the dungeon, why?
2: Yeah, for instance, the thing about a puzzle trap to get out of it, you need to know the right pattern yeah. staff or the various pieces of wood. Now that makes sense. If say it's a temple or something and you're trying to keep people out who don't belong there, thus all the acolytes would know how yeah. to, you know, if they fell into it, this is how to get out. But just in the middle of nowhere, nah, I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah. It's just
0: crazy. Um, but I can I can go on. I can go on for days about how dungeons don't make sense. But anyway,
2: well, there and there is that school that believes in the funhouse dungeon, right? And, and you know that's fine. I guess it's. I, I don't know that I buy into the to the paradigm, though. Yeah. What about you, Liz? What about me? What do you think about funhouse dungeons? Yes.
1: They they can be enjoyable. And I certainly was guilty of, you know, having... Dungeon setups that made no sense whatsoever when I first bought the game and oh, I yeah, started well, we, doing stuff.
2: Well, yeah. Well, you know, we, I'm 12 yeah, years
1: old and it's like, okay, I'm going to have a bunch of rooms and I'm just going to throw different monsters and stuff in them with no rhyme or reason because it seems like a good idea. You yeah. know, and, you know, looking back on it, it's like, this makes no sense whatsoever. It's kind of like that. Dungeon Bastard episode where he talks about, you know, you walk into a room, you see three orcs guarding a pie. you know <laughs> what, what do you do? do? Punch your DM in the face. you
2: know, <laughs> you know? Punch your DM in the face!
1: You know? I, like, I, those, were, those were my dungeons when I first started out. They were probably what people now would mm-hmm. punch me in the face for. It's like, <laughs> you know, why did you do that? You know?
0: you know, it was pervasive in the industry back then, too. <laughs> I read a I read a judge's guild module that made it clear to the DM under you no know uncertain terms that the pa- characters have to get by, by this room of monsters to continue into the dungeon. And they went on about a paragraph. They must do this. You got to find a way for them to get through there. You got to find face these monsters in this room. You know what was in the monsters? You know what was in the room? Four kobolds. <laughs> Okay, I know they're wily and stuff like that, but and they might put probably put up a good fight, but four kobolds?
2: Not if they're just in one room. I mean, what it, Now they yeah, we'll talk about that later as far as races that set traps, but yeah, yeah I mean, toe to toe four kobolds in an otherwise empty room. Yeah. Okay, that's that's crunch all you want. Yeah, Sorry, love, it's, but it's true. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Did
0: anybody play test this or even think it through,
2: you know? <laughs> yeah, well, things were a lot more fast and loose back in the day. True. You know, it's, I, which is why I was pleasantly surprised when I finally got a copy of Palace of the Vampire Queen. Because everything was so, you know, uh-huh. sowy bongo in those days. I expected this to be, you know, Funhouse Dungeon par excellence. right. And it had its moments, but it was surprisingly cogent. Yeah. And made a, made it a degree of sense to it. And, wow.
0: And you know what? What I call Bigfoot or Gonzo dungeons, I think a little drop of that wouldn't hurt anybody in the night air. You know, putting it in a dungeon, a little bit of that. But back then when they were like, it was all circus circus.
2: Well, and there's there's ways you can make a plausible Rationale behind it. For instance, you know, um, right. Or uh Vornheim. Do you remember uh, he had that uh, that zoo? Yeah. That special zoo. Yeah. You know, there's a rationale why you have, you know, uh, you have a giant, you know, a giant uh, spider living next door to four elves. Right. You know, there's a reason. It's. Right. It's not just shut up and kill them kind of thing. It's not a board game. Right. That's what I have to say about that. (laughs) Sorry. Have you ever tried running a game without thieves or had a party that just nobody wanted to be the thief? No. And if so, how did they handle – how did you handle them detecting traps?
0: I gotta yeah, say no. thieves, <laughs> I gotta say no because it's ironic that the the same parties that will never think of going into a dungeon or anywhere else without a thief would not think two seconds of going somewhere without any without clerics. clerics. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep,
2: I've seen them though. I've heard of them. You know,
0: we got the thief there. He'll detect the traps. we will stay out of trouble. You don't need any healing. We'll just take a bunch of healing <laughs> potions. Okay.
2: But, of course, if you look at the dwarf and their ability to detect sloping passages and all that, that was originally put in there to help them find mechanical traps. I mean, this was bef- back Brown Book before the thief class was introduced in Greyhawk okay. supplement. So, you know, the original idea, and I think Liz and I have mentioned this before when we read May's of peril the novel written by dr holmes regarding his D &D games you know there were no thieves in that group really no the dwarf would check for traps everybody had a 10-foot pole they were knocking around with you know there was no thief in the party yeah Yeah,
1: you had the dwarf you had the elf you had the wizard and you had the minute arms instant expendables
0: yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you would probably either have to make one character as the designated thief,
2: which was the dwarf.
0: The, yeah, had the ten foot pole and detecting the slopes and things like that, and, and maybe backed up by the mage having a few detect spells and things like
2: that. Uh, and the elf and the elf detected yeah. the secret doors. Right. You know, so there was a pattern before the introduction of the thief.
0: Yeah, it's just it was spread out amongst other characters.
2: Right. Um, I mean, which I, I kind of makes me wonder if maybe it might be interesting to run a game sometime without thieves. And in AD and, and in AD and D, uh,
0: the halfling sort of takes up some of that slack.
2: A little. Yeah. Um,
0: With his burglar-like tendencies, and doesn't he get some thieving abilities too?
2: In I, ADD, I don't that know. It's been so long since I've really looked at my AD&D books. Well, you're the one with the 2E game, so, yeah.
0: I don't look at the books. I just play. <laughs> okay, okay.
2: Okay, but yeah, it tends to be spread out. Hmm. But yeah, it seems like that might be interesting right. to, to try sometime. Yeah, yeah, it might. Anyway. Are we done with this dead horse? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Liz?
1: Uh, I, I think so, yes,
2: yes okay. Yes, yes, I think so yes. <laughs> now, Let's go from Talking of the traps itself To critters that might set them In random encounters We take what we want And leave the rest Just
1: like
0: your salad bar Muffin up must leave, pistol. <clears> it
2: <throat> will come out no more What? Huh? What will come out no more? Random encounters Random encounters, Yay. monsters that might set traps. <laughs> men, yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yeah, but I'm men not sure are monsters. To... Boy,
1: <laughs> hey, says so in the monster manual. I know that's AD&D, but nevertheless.
2: Well, one might argue how AD&D, the monster ma- first monster manual, was, but anyway. Right. So. Do you have monsters that set traps? And how often do you have it happen, if you have it at all? And what monsters would you use? Liz?
1: Do you even have to ask
0: <laughs> kobolds? Beholders.
1: Yes, Beholders too,
0: but I figure, mainly kobolds. I figure if Tucker hadn't come along, they would have named it Liz's kobolds.
1: Well, <laughs> I must say, my my kobolds were not merely as lethal and fear-inspiring as Tucker's. It's like I read that article in Dragon 127, I think it was, and you know, even I was going, "Yeah," <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like, "Hey, I never thought of that." You know, <laughs> um, but primarily the stuff that I had or have kobolds do is Things that take advantage of their small size, um, cave complexes where you know the majority of the tunnels that the kobolds tend to use are going to be kobold sized, and if men are going to go through them, they'll have to be you know either stooped over a lot or crawling on hands and knees, and there'll be other you know caves and caverns and stuff that are man height. That people can easily walk through. But those are the places where people or larger critters are being herded through. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where the kobolds want the larger invaders going.
2: Because they've so, drilled murder holes into the side yeah. of the <laughs> cavern.
1: Yeah, or they've got traps where, you know, boulder you know crashes onto you or something. So Yeah, that's you know, a trap that's,
2: I think... More cavern, you know, cave-dwelling creatures would use that just don't get enough. That the, the cave-in,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I mean, if you live your life in caverns and digging around underneath the earth, you know how to set up a simple deadfall. Oh yeah, for ca- for a cave-in, or at least have a pile of boulders land on somebody's head. Oh yeah, okay. so yeah, would you have them using poison?
1: Um. Kobolds, sure. It would probably be a pretty weak poison unless they happen to live near a location that had a highly poisonous plant that they would have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, partially this would have something to do with what are the levels of the player characters that are going up against these kobolds. If they're just starting out first level, yeah, I probably would make it a weak poison that would incapacitate. If they're pretty high-level people, you know, 8th or ninth level, and they're going up against kobolds, you know, I'll give them something a little more lethal to give them something to think about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: But, uh, yeah, I would see them using poison, depending mm-hmm. on the severity of it, but they'd have
2: it. Yeah, when you're little guys, you got to do what you can. Yeah. Well, when I'm not using kobolds, I tend to use goblins a lot. That's another race that I think would use a lot of traps. Um, there are some races like bugbears, for example, that I think wouldn't be big on traps, even if nominally they're smart enough to set them. mm mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people who set traps are people who are inherently realize there are big things out there that want to eat them or otherwise give them trouble. Uh-huh. And what I've done in the past is say, had a goblin complex, and either nearby or actually semi domesticated by the goblins, say, giant centipedes. <laughs> And then just have the centipedes bite leather and pull the, po- you know, when they inject poison, they collect the poison and use it on their weapons mm-hmm. or on the trap. Usually, either a deadfall, a pit, or a uh, swinging um, spike. Yeah. You know, in and of itself, that probably won't do a lot of damage. Like a but it'll smack in – yeah a pendulum spike or something but have the poison on it uh-huh especially if you can combine that with a deadfall or or a trap or a pit small pit because then you stick them, they stagger they fall into the pit they're now too incapacitated to get out right this would be for intruders though again if they're looking for food i Again, you're probably just looking at a pit trap A simple pit trap Because you're not going to want to poison your food Right But I think goblins I think goblins get kicked around by most creatures in the underworld And and, and I think
1: they got an ex- attitude problem
2: Except for kobolds Who are the only ones they can bully You know, they, they, they end up on the short end of the stick So I would give them lots of traps Ah, gotcha Except they would be limited by intelligence. I, I wouldn't get too sophisticated with their traps. No no wooden stick traps for them, for instance, Glenn.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> I got it. No, I wasn't the one who came up with the trap, though.
2: No. Oh, no, no, I'm agreeing with you. Okay, in, okay, in cool. In fact, when <laughs> we were lucky enough to be in that AD&D tourney uh, in Milwaukee that Gary actually ran the last, the last round of. Wow. One of the traps he had, if you remember where those spears lives,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. it turned out to get out of that room. We had to do like a a pyramid of it and then reach into the pyramid once it's made of the spears and stuff, and we never figured it out (laughs) because it's like, what the heck is this about? (laughs) But anyway, go ahead. What would you do, and is there any particular critter you would use for traps?
0: Well... I was, I don't I didn't really have any, like I said, I wasn't big on traps, so I had to go look through my monster books. And in the creature catalog, I found the Nakpa, also known to you film buffs as a Skeksis. You're,
1: um,
0: right, right. you're welcome. Thank you. Um, they are chaotic. They only, mm-hmm. this, they only have an intelligence of 12, but if you have the supplements I have, Top Ballista, they seem to have gotten an intelligence bump.
2: They, and that's the average intelligence. Yeah. You know, or the average critter.
0: They seem to be very good at like engineering, and I believe they have some alchemical talents. They do not cast spells, but they have some spell-like abilities that come in handy. For instance, like I could see them have a, tr- a simple trap of... They're walking along. You're walking along in their lair, and there's this one section covered with dead leaves, dry leaves, all these dead, dry leaves. And you think, ah, pit trap, right? There's no pit mm-hmm. there. So you tap it with the pole. Okay, there's something there. You walk across it, and and uh, he has a trigger with his special ability, flame, create flame. You exactly. I thought of another one too. If, you're, if, you're, if he's fighting you, which is very rare because they don't need like to fight, they toss a flask at you. What do you think the flask is? The flask, like oil, you know, to light you up. It could be acid. Could be, but it doesn't break. Say the players pick it up. He hits his special ability, spell-like ability, corrosion. There is acid in it, and now
2: so it has so it to be a metal. A metal flask, right.
0: Well, Ashley, no. It's corru- It's a corru- corruption, I'm sorry. Caused oh, okay. Non-living objects within 60 feet to decay or rot into an unusable condition.
2: Ah, okay, good.
0: Oh, look, you dropped it. Corruption. Ah! You know, that kind ah, of stuff.
2: Yeah. For a minute there, I, I was afraid we were going to have another rust monster argument. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's a ferrous metal... <laughs> yeah, remember but, that one? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let's but
1: not I, start that again.
0: Yeah. But I can see him being if they have kind of an engineering type of mind or an architectural mind, I should say. They could fill their lair with traps.
2: Oh yeah, especially the you know the ones that are engineering based. You know, right. Have sliding mean, granite, you know, blocks and yeah,
0: you know their their philosophy is probably oh I don't know. Uh, You know, uh, one good deadfall trap is worth its weight in gold. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that would be a very good creature, especially if it's the big bad guy, and you have to go, like, tackle him in his tower or cave or wherever he is.
2: Yeah.
0: Or something like that.
2: And that is a way to make an otherwise weak creature more of a threat.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Because these creatures, I mean, they've got a 1d8 bite, Okay. That's about it, but they make up for it with the. That's sp- not bad. They make up for it with the spell-like abilities. I mean, their spell-like abilities are like this: create flames, okay, paralysis, corruption, darkness, and phantasmal force.
2: Well, there, phantasmal force by itself can cause a lot of nifty problems.
0: Exactly, and they save as a, ma- a ninth-level magic user, and they're ninth hmm?
2: nice. So they're kind and- of. And don't forget, they make a noise that really irritates Liz. That's right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. <laughs> I, suggest you, <laughs> I suggest you stop.
2: I would, <laughs> I'm going to be sleeping in the
0: backyard tonight. You know, I would be using a creature like that and his smarts.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, you know, he might have a bunch of kobolds to do his bidding that he could help. You know, he could, like, set up stuff for them, too.
2: Yeah, a mutually, you know, beneficial situation.
0: Right, in fact, in Top Ballista, they seem to hang out with Tabby a lot.
2: You know, the winged monkeys? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. What's wrong with winged monkeys? Tabby?
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey!
2: Yeah, Liz got me a, uh, a coffee mug that says, don't make me pull out my winged monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> so there's tons of opportunities right there. Well... Hopefully, everybody, we've given you some ideas to think about when it comes to traps and trapping your... PCs. are trapping your mate. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. PCs. Ah. And, and PCs, don't trap your players. Cause, okay. You well, know, well, that, that can get into it's a funny. lot
1: of trouble with the law.
2: Well, yeah. Liz yeah. trapped her mate a long time ago. He, uh, uh, we don't trap our players anymore. D- Any, no. Anymore? anymore? Not the trouble, no. really, is isn't. Ah, okay. It's the, the Learn from our mistakes.
0: The upkeep is terrible.
2: Yeah, yeah, especially. And and when when you put the poison traps in with it, it just no it's oh, not working. It. Yeah, I know what you mean. And- so we wander down the road once again. Um, ta-dum, 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 ta-dum. You better not put that music into this. <laughs> I don't have that music, so I'm surprised.
0: Okay. Well I can always like get on a microphone. Ta-dum, ta-dum, ta-dum. <laughs>
2: How are you heading down that road, Liz? I'm setting some traps with a group of kobolds. And I am falling into those traps set by the, by Liz and her group of tra- kobolds.
0: Ah! He's, no, he's no fun. He fell right over. <laughs> and I'm I'm helping the dogpaw out. Hopefully, Vern, can someone help me? The, the dogpaw's creating some flames for me, so I can... Oh, ah! I'm
2: horribly burned. I have been horribly burned. Can someone call someone to help me?
0: Thank you, Robob.
2: Uh, <laughs> <this> is, <laughs> I guess it's time to go, huh? Uh, yeah, looks like it. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry.
0: Good night, everybody. Free arc. <laughs>